Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. If you want to get a comic book, please stop by Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics on 6700 Wadworth Boulevard, and they will get you set with the greatest comics in the world. That's Marvel Comics. They used to have this banner across the top that said the world's greatest comics. And then they took it off because they're not. Because they are. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I was super paranoid this week. About what? Well, I wasn't on the show last week. And so it was like. It was a great show. It was. It was. I listened to it. But yeah, it was, the, were, the numbers are huge. It was too are. This is probably our biggest listening audience we've ever had. Yeah. You guys, are just feeding into my, you guys are just feeding into my paranoia. Because I just kept thinking one of two things. Either like I had this horrible feeling like I forgot to do something. Like I left the oven on. Or that uh, without me here, you guys just were going to fucking hate me. And I was going to come back and you guys would be like, fuck Jay, man. Ah, oh, fucking James. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've met Bree. Bree's your replacement. Hey, Bree, <laughs> oh, say hi, hi to everybody. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back, Bree. Thanks a lot. I'm glad to be here. Oh, we're excited to have you here. So, Brad, I decided to do the Coins Cards commercial at the beginning, so you don't have to put in the one commercial we recorded a year ago. Yeah, uh, that, that's fine. I, I applaud you. That's, that's, so, that's the initiative yeah. right there. So, until we can think of better ideas, I'll always keep on introducing that you should go see... Go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics on 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard, Nevada, Colorado. I'm sorry. Can, I didn't hear you so well. Um, got, I think my headphones are screwed up. I, I, can you say that again? Well, Brad, Spider-Man's here. He's going to tell you all about it. Spider-Sense is tingling. My Spider-Sense tells me the best comics in Colorado are Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. No, not, no, no, not, no. That's no. not what he meant. Yeah, my, my headphones are... They, they keep cutting out. Sorry. Um... God, I wish I had some better headphones. I know. Well, Spidey listens on tweakedaudio.com. That's how he gets all his headphones. <laughs> Go on to tweakedaudio.com. And when you check out, put Real Nerds into the promo code, get a third off, your whole order, our tweaked audio earbuds I, are awesome. I uh, When we went to Telluride, my next, I accidentally got caught in the door yeah. of the car, and they got fucking shredded. Like, just torn all to hell. I still don't know how you, and like, so, let them hang out of the car. You're like, not on purpose. Well, how do they even fall out of your, like, you're like, oh, only one, <laughs> guys. <laughs> no, they weren't in my ears. They, like, fell out of my bag into the door. Anyway. Uh, and so I, I got, like, I got some old cheap ones, you know, mm-hmm. that I got. I put them in my ear. Shit. <laughs> sound like shit. You know what doesn't sound like shit? Tweaked Audio earbuds. TweakedAudio.com. Go on to TweakedAudio.com. When you check out, type in Real Nerds into the promo code. It's one word. R-E-E-L-N-E-R-D-S. Sweet. Can we be sponsored by Twizzlers this week, too? Because this Twizzler is delicious. Sure, why not? I mean, I paid them to have those Twizzlers. They didn't pay me, but why not? Hey, Ryan, why are we here? (laughs) (sighs) Fuck, this guy wants us to have a purpose. Uh, We're here because we see a movie every week, Brad. And this week we saw Ender's Game. Is it the last game they played? We don't know. Oh, because of the word end? Yeah. Oh, I get it. They never explain why his name is Ender in the movie. Because he's uh, the third child. No. He's the end of... No. No? No, when his sister was really young, she couldn't pronounce the word Andrew, so she called him Ender. And then his parents just started doing that too? Yeah, everybody called him Ender. Mm. Also, it's kind of a badass future name. I am the Ender. Yeah, all right. Why anyway. do why do future names always have to be fucking weird? I don't know. Why can't they just be normal? Because this was written in the eighties, and in the eighties, mm-hmm. everybody wore trash bags in the future, mm-hmm. and had like really spiky hair. I, I've seen yeah. freaking uh, what is what was that one made by the guys who made uh, 
the one you liked Father's Day was Manborg. Manborg? Like, oh. that is to, it takes place in the future where they all are wearing 80s stuff. It's still pretty funny. Awesome. Yep, every week we go see a movie. We talk about that movie, Ender's Game. That's our spotlight. Stay tuned till the end of the show where we will tell you if you should see the movie or not. James will start talking about the movie, then we'll play the trailer, <laughs> and uh, then we'll spoil the fuck out of the movie. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. And we also talk about movies we watched, comics. comic books, buttholes, surfboards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, Whatever we want. I've always Whatever wanted to want. know more about surfboards. Yeah? No. Yeah, well. Start well, there a goes, surfboard podcast well, there, then. There, go, <laughs> there goes my Christmas gift for James. It was <laughs> the Encyclopedia of Surfboards. Not a surfboard. <laughs> The Encyclopedia of Surfboards. I'm sure there one exists. I just Probably. pictured Ryan after the show just walking outside and just taking a surfboard out of the garage and like stuffing it in a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> no, walking outside, kicking a can, all depressed. Like, uh, I'll go, please, James. <laughs> all I wanted was to give him this surfboard made of pine wood and walnut. I don't know. What are they made out of? No, no, no. You just made a fiberglass probably now. You fiberglass. just go to like... Uh, Home Depot and get a couple two by fours and duct tape them together and be like, here, James, we live in the desert. And that would be the present. Mm. Then you're going to ski down those uh, sand dunes. Sand that'd be dunes, sweet. Yeah. Oh, dude, that would be badass. Fuck it. I want to we'll know film about it. snowboards. Surfboards. And then when James goes to the hospital, it'll be called Real Nerds Pacho Episode 7, Trip to the ER. <laughs> <laughs> the saddest episode. No, we'll have him wear one of those uh, water bodysuits like on Dune and be on a surfboard. What's next? We Brad, have, fan I, mail. Hear, I hear Brad has his own segment now. He does. He has fan mail. Fan mail for Brad. It's got his own song, too. Yeah, I made that up just now. That quickly. Fan mail! And there is no mail. <laughs> oh. We got tweeted a lot. You're not going to oh, give yeah. a shout out to all the people that tweeted us? Uh, Yeah, you guys had like this private chat with uh, Jeffrey Reddick and Jonathan Tierston. That's about it. I did. Yeah. You know what's weird is, you know, uh, someone mentioned uh, James uh, Uncle Crom is his Twitter handle. Uncle he mentioned Corm. that uh, I had a... Crom is the Conan. Scott. Oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> that I had a, a reflective hat. It's not a reflective hat, but in that picture, it was like really reflective. Well, it's got like, it's got clearly something reflective. Some... Well, no, it's like white, though. It's like my yeah. Spider-Man hat. Yeah. I guess the white material and it makes it reflect. Yeah. But I photobombed uh... Jeffrey Reddick and Jonathan Tierston. Um, James Cormack or Cormanic. That's who that was. Yep. Anyway. Gave us a shout out. So did the Alamo Draft House in Denver. Yeah. I like tweeting. Tweeting's fun. People should tweet at us. Yes. They call should. us on the phone. They should call us on the phone. It's pretty a lot weird. like James's award winning phone call last week. It sounded so classy. That we forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. At the beginning of the episode, it sounded classy. <laughs> Even if we did use it in the show, I wasn't going to cut it up and put it in places. Oh, no, I know. I never intended for you to. I just thought it would be funny to... Yeah. I was going to call in as um, Jigsaw from the Saw movies because you hate him so much. And I was going to do like, I want to play a game. Your friend James thinks he can write better than me. And I was going <laughs> to say like, you're trapped in a thing and we had to write a story to get you out. And it was a horrible story. So your that head got cool. acid dumped, a- dumped on you. It's like Halloween was yesterday. This should be a Halloween themed show and it totally isn't. I know. Yeah. You suck. Yeah, Halloween went by too quick. Dude. I know. Yeah. It's already Thanksgiving month. I know. So weird, right? Instead, apparently, I spent last week getting, like, butt sexed in Turkey. I don't Whoa. know. Whoa. Whoa. That was just a guess. I can't yeah. believe it's true. <laughs> no. I... This guy. <laughs> this... With his premonitions. Dude. I am. 
premonition guy. Hold on, let me put that like sound effect Worst for people who have psychic powers. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. James is getting butt raped in Turkey. Wow, <laughs> it's like I knew I was already there. You didn't even imply I was rape. You implied it was consensual. Oh. I was very offended. <laughs> I am done with this show. Well, maybe she's not take weeks off. Anyway, let's move on. It was really weird. I'm not. I wasn't kidding about the paranoia. I was literally like, like, I, like I had forgotten something. It was well, we know what you're up to. You went to a real. You went to a fucking hockey game. I know it was weird. You blew us off. Oh. A jerk. Yeah. No. I had fun. That's good. Yeah, so did we. I've never been to like a big <laughs> hockey game before. <laughs> we did. That grandpa was good. Yeah. yeah. More fun than the counselor, I'm sure. Yep. And now it's time for what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Bree, what'd you watch this week? Oh, man. Fuck these guys. Oh, man, I've <laughs> really? been watching um, a lot of older horror movies on. on, on hey, the, I've been doing that too. Roku. So, um, I watched uh, Messiah of Evil. And then uh, I think it was some movie called the the Loves of Dracula or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, where he had all these um, different chicks were staying in his uh, in his castle. Absolutely. And then, and then he had to fall in love with the virgin one and resurrect his daughter. And was there boobs in it? Uh, yes. Sweet. And I'm in. Yes, there was boobs in it, but also too is crazy the commercials that the Roku was showing. I mean, it was to me it was like softcore porn. Some of the so what is a Roku? I don't even know what that is. Uh, well. The Roku is just a small device that allows you to stream uh, different media to it. it mm. You know, you can stream uh, Hulu, your Amazon movies, and all that stuff. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just a little. I mean, I it also has a USB port, so you mm. know, you can, it's just a little streaming media device. Cool. Yeah, but a lot of a, a lot of access to a lot of um, older and a lot of B-rated stuff. Hmm. It's actually, I use my, I, I have a Roku in my room that I use, that I get my Netflix off of. But the reason I like it is because you also have, like, TED Talks and other, like, there's all right. these other channels on there. Yeah. You can get all kinds of uh, content on there other than just, like, yep. the traditional stuff you can get on a Blu-ray player. Yeah. I, I wish you guys would make a show on there. <laughs> oh, fuck! What? We can do Why that? Why did no one think of this, Bree? <laughs> Can we, can, can, totally can we make one on? I don't even know what it, I have we, no idea what it is. We could totally do that. It's a set top box. It's like a boxy box or a yeah. is it all a video like or like an Apple audio? TV? Uh, you could video do audio. and audio. Yeah, hmm. cool. Yeah, fuck. So many ways to reach people now. God damn it, Bree. Yeah. The world is <laughs> where so have you small. been? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Is, Mas- is Messiah of the Dead, is that an evil J- Jesus movie? Messiah of Evil is a is an older movie, and you know you guys know more about film than me. I can't remember the director of it, but um, it's it's basically, um, it ha- it has some zombie elements in there, but it's they they don't exactly look like zombies. There's there's some there. It's an older movie, but there's I think there's some really. Um, scary parts in it so i liked watching it i don't want to spoil the movie for anybody but if you get a chance um you could you can you can watch it on the roku or also too um i was able to download the movie for free through the uh i think it's called internet archive hmm. and um also on internet archive they have um you know there's a couple of podcasts and different stuff on there but you know it's, the movie is out there free i actually put it on my ipod touch and, and really watched it. yep that's so, cool that's cool yep. i love finding those hidden gems yep and uh, what else, what else did I watch? I, I've been still listening to a lot of audiobooks. So um, after coming from uh, the Mile High Horror Fest, uh, I was 
you know, got excited about H.P. Lovecraft stuff again. So I mm. listen. There's there's certain uh, stories that I listen to over and over again on the uh, H.P. Lovecraft, like um, the the tale of her the the story of Herbert West or whatever. I think it's the tale or the story of Herbert yeah, West. Yeah, I just and, I just watched Reanimator yep. a couple of weeks ago. And then there's another one um, where a guy tells a tale about they basically go into this graveyard and go down this tomb and all this crazy stuff starts happening. But but uh, what else did I watch? Uh, dang, I'm trying to think. Uh, Chronicle. I won't finally watch Chronicle. Um, the um, the movie. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I I really like that. Um, there's something else. It's just slipping my mind right now that I that I sat down and watched. But you weren't there for Chronicle, right, Ryan? Mm-hmm. Did you ever get a chance to see it? I haven't. I've, I'm always interested to see it though because it looked interesting. Yeah. Um, and I I really want to see that. Who's the dude who's playing Harry Osborn? Uh, Dane DeHane. That's right. I heard he's pretty good in it. So the, yeah. What I really like Chronicle, and I th- that the James has probably already mentioned this before, but um, what I liked about Chronicle was that it had a villain, but you saw the transition of the villain. In most of the movies that you see now, a guy just comes out and he's bad, and you you know you really don't have a a good you know understanding why you know sometimes. But this, I think they did a good job of explaining you know why the villain was the villain in this movie. Yeah. And I, and I think a big part of that is Dane DeHane's, like, Dane DeHane is really good at that, like, mm-hmm. quiet, brooding, he might be really evil on the inside. I Honestly, Sounds he doesn't... Sounds like Harry Osborn. Yeah, he doesn't in every movie he's been in. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be perfect as Harry Osborn, for sure. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> Anybody? Mike Singletary? No, just me? No. Right. <laughs> no. I That was a pity laugh. I know. You guys don't even... No sports, breed. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, I don't. I know, know what you're talking about. about. There's like the, he has this huge like one of those meltdowns after a game, and he's talking. I forget what team he's talking about. He says, "We're gonna go out there next week. We're gonna play hard. Can't wait. Can't 40, wait." Forty ers <laughs> Yeah, for the Forty. But he, the coach for the Forty ers But I don't know what team he, he played is for talking. the Bears. Yeah, but he was the, the coach for the Forty ers when he did it. Right. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what team he they're gonna play. I know oh, he was all opponent? like upset about something. Yeah. So uh, at the hockey game, they did this thing where, like, right before it starts, they lower this giant arch with an A, like the mm-hmm. avalanche A on it, mm-hmm. lower it down over where the avalanche are going to come out, and, like, the lights are off, and the music's playing, and there's shit, light, like, spotlights going mm-hmm. everywhere. I thought a cage was going to come down, and I was going to watch two dudes wrestle. Like, <laughs> it was you ever ridiculous. Been to a hockey game? No. Well, I, I went oh. to one in high, in college, but, but, like, that's yeah, not the same. Yeah, because you went to a professional one. Right, yeah, yeah. This was, like, by the time it started, I was like, you know... Macho Man Savage is going to come out here and and tell me I got three minutes. Yeah, they got to make it entertaining. You probably paid a lot of money for your ticket. Yeah, well, I was the guest of someone well, else. Well, so theoretically, yeah. whoever paid for your ticket paid a lot of yes, money. Yes, yes, they did. Probably like $60, $70. Yeah. So it was very nice. Inter- no, they got to make uh, it no, entertaining. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. it was Hockey's really a great sport. Did anybody yeah. fight? No. See, that's, uh, you know, growing up, you know, games like Blades of Steel made me just think, you know, it's all about fighting. You know? <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it really isn't anymore. There's not too much uh, goonery in hockey anymore. Right. Yeah, the association stamped that out. Yeah. yeah. It's too bad I was looking for it. I was hoping, you know, I wanted I wanted to see the Mighty Ducks where, like, the one, <laughs> the where the one dude who's, like, <laughs> two feet taller than everybody else comes out and just hits somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted. But it was still fun. Cool. Yeah, but other than that, uh, a lot of stuff is, is slipping my mind. What, what I watch, but I, you know, since since it was the hol- month of Halloween, I was really trying to watch a lot of a lot of horror and and really just uh, watch stuff that you know I hadn't seen before on there. So I was, you know, flip through a lot of stuff. That's always fun. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, uh, uh, kind of in uh, Bree's wheelhouse here. I, I, I'm writing an article, and I meant to put it up before Halloween, but it's just so involved, it's taken me a lot longer than it's I wanted it to. It's fucking huge. It's, uh, I'm writing an article of uh, my 101 favorite horror movies, and um, I thought it was unfair, and I mentioned this last week, that I haven't seen some of the classic ones. So how could I honestly make a judgment on horror movies if I haven't seen The Bride of Frankenstein or something like that? So this week I continued uh, down that path. Um, I watched the original Frankenstein movie, Mm -hmm. which, again, these movies are actually pretty creepy. Um, They're really well done. Um, What I really appreciate, and I mean, Frankenstein came out in 1931, so you're talking about a movie that's 82 years old. And um, the camera, I always... Sometimes when I see old movies, it's really static. It doesn't move. Yeah. But uh, James Well, who directed it, actually moves the camera through sets, and there's crane shots and um, stuff you wouldn't expect in an older movie. And what makes the the movie so good is uh, Boris Karloff is really sympathetic as this monster, and he's he's amazing in The Bride, but um, in Frankenstein, he's just misunderstood. And, you know, it, it is kind of sad. There's the scene where, it, I'm sure everybody knows it, where... Frankenstein gets out of the lab and he goes and he sees this little girl who's playing with daisies and they're throwing them in the water and they float. And so he picks her up and throws her in the water thinking she's going to be like a daisy and she drowns. So there's, there's huge misconception and you know, the, the father's walking through the town with his girl's lifeless body and then they have to organize someone. It's a great story. Um, and it's really well done. Uh, so I really, li- I really enjoyed that movie and I also really enjoyed, I watched the Wolfman. um, Starring uh, Lon Chaney, and it, it's it's really well done as well. Um, it, it's really interesting um, watching the theme throughout all of Universal's horror movies. Is a lot of times the monsters in them are misunderstood people or misunderstood monsters. Um, like Larry Talbot as the Wolfman. I mean, he never asked for it, and um, and he's just a guy who's trying to get this girl to like him, and he turns out to be a werewolf and. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's they're, they're they're really tragic and it's really tragic figures throughout these movies and I think that's why they're still good today. Is you just relate to these guys, you know? They're just in a situation where it's not their fault. Yeah. And uh, what I do think that's always funny about these movies is that they just strangle everybody. Like the Wolfman strangles people to kill them. And uh, <laughs> uh, oh no, he did he did eat that one girl though, and he did bite her. Um. But yeah, but it's mostly just strangling the gravedigger. Like yeah. the gravedigger dies, and I think in every one of these I've watched. So if you cast as a gravedigger in the 1930s, dude, you're dead. Not he's, a job you wanted. He's the red shirt of <laughs> yeah. black and white. He's a red. Yeah, he is totally. Um, and I, I also watched Child's Play again, um, the original. Yeah. Because uh, when I was at uh, Best Buy, my wife wanted to go see Carrie this week. I, she was so busy, we didn't get around to it, but. At Best Buy, they had, if you bought any movie for, like, seven bucks, it came with a free ticket to carry. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll get Child's Play. And, again, it's it's creepier than I remember at the first one. Um, it still has a fair amount of camp to it. Uh, but I think because how they reveal Chucky in it and they kind of – and the, the humor is really toned down, that it actually makes the doll a little creepy in it. Um, when he first comes to life, you know – there's that mystery that they, they play off this mystery that you don't is Chucky alive or not. And um, and then the mom of the little boy, because he has to go to sanitarium because everyone thinks he's killing these people. Um, she she's throwing away the box of the good diet guy doll and, you know, the batteries fall out. And then she goes over and picks up Chucky and she opens up and his batteries are in it. And he turns his head around. And he's like, 
I'm Chucky. I'm your friend to the end. And she drops him. And she's all freaking out. Then she picks him up. And she's like, say something, goddammit. And then he turns into, like, evil chick. He's like, you fucking bitch, I'll kill you. <laughs> um, uh, and to, my, to this day, still one of my favorite um, deliveries of any line in a movie is um, Chucky's coming back to get Andy. And he's in this elevator. And this, there's this old couple in there. And they look down at him like, what a disgusting doll. And they get out and Chucky says, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) It keeps on going. Uh, But the movie is pretty well done. Um, So if you get Chucky and the Curse of Chucky, you got two pretty good movies there. Um, (laughs) Out of a series of 17 Chucky films, they've hit the mark twice. I always wonder what happens in, you know, know, older older horror movies do a a great job of telling a a good story and, Mm -hmm. and getting you involved, but... You know, newer horror films now are, you know, it's more focused on gore. But with with, with Chucky, you know, there was the, the original movie, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on in there. You was dealing with voodoo, you know. Yeah. There was a lot of different elements that, that made that movie that made that movie really scary. And, um, you know, as it progressed, you know, they got, got more sillier, comical. Yeah. yeah. But I, it was they have a really cool feature on it where they talk to the writer and the director and the writer's original name of the screenplay was called Batteries Not Included. Oh. <laughs> and I was just talking about that book the other day. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was a book. <laughs> and anyway. he, so he said, yeah, I turned in this script and everyone liked it. And I went to MGM, who originally made the movie, and they said, you're going to have to think of a new name for that. And I said, why? Why do I think a new name? Uh, Spielberg has that. Right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, they made that movie. He's yeah. going to make an adorable picture with your title. <laughs> So he said, all right, so these, um, originally then it was changed to good guys, right. and then it was changed to child's play. Um, and mm. and the, the making of it was a pretty interesting, it was like an hour long on it, if you combine all the featurettes, it's pretty interesting, with the conception of Chucky, and what was really cool is I didn't know, because they showed the picture of the guy who made the, who wrote the script, and he still looked pretty young, I'm like, this movie's, it's its 20th anniversary, I'm like, mm-hmm. he still looks pretty young, and he wrote it when he was a, a sophomore or junior in film school, and... Uh, somebody picked it up and liked his idea, and they helped him flesh out the story. And one of the, the one of the things that made me interested with Chucky, though, is like if you watch, uh, I think it was the older The Twilight Zones, mm-hmm. where he, you know, hi, I'm talking Tina. That's where he got one you of the know, ideas, I think. So, and then also too, there was an older film with uh, it had like a uh, like an African doll with a spear. Uh, that's a trilogy of terror. Okay, yeah, and that, and that, and that was really memorable. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's lots of fun. I'm, I think I'm going to be able to put up that article on Sunday. Um, it's just taking me a lot longer than I thought it'd take me to write because um, I have them written out and I have them ranked, but it's like making it cohesive and I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah. It's well, and then me... just building it into an article on the site. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's taking me way longer than I wanted it to. Yeah. And I think I watched other shit, but I don't remember. So whatever. We'll figure it out. Brad, what you watch this week? <laughs> Uh, I finally got caught up on The Walking Dead and Arrested Development. Knocked those two off. Um, nice. I went and saw The Birth of the Dead. I know, you fucker. I saw you tweeted that. I'm like, you didn't even invite me, you asshole. Oh, wow. you Why do I need to invite you? Two weeks you ago. can just go there. Like, They're not going to not let you in without me. I know, but I didn't know, I didn't know when it was playing, and I didn't want to go see it by myself. I'm I told kidding. you. I, I know. I totally, <laughs> totally, I totally forgot until you read your, yeah. I read your tweet. I'm like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Well, that's why I tweeted. I was like, hopefully you can make it down here because I'm doing this. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't know if you really needed to come at all because I think, based on what I saw, I think you already know everything that documentary talked about. Mm-hmm. So, like everything I saw on that, mm-hmm. I think I've heard come out of your mouth. Nice. So, uh, so I I know 
living dead gospel. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I forgot to check the runtime, but it felt really short. Maybe like it no, felt like maybe an hour. I I read an entertainment week. I think it's an hour and ten minutes long. Yeah, like wow. it could have been like a TV special. Hmm. Um, and like the animated graphics are kind are kind of cool to watch intermixed with the raw footage. But I say eighty percent of the movie is George Romero doing an interview, um, and they kind of it's really only about night of the living dead. And they mm-hmm. talk about stuff like the copyright issue. Yeah. Now it's mm-hmm. in the public domain. Right. And uh, a couple of things of like, Oh, well, basically, you know, we, uh, like R- Romero used to do commercials in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had his own film company. Um, then he just decided he wanted to do a movie and he hired, uh, a couple of people from that agency. And then just anyone who wanted to come on set and help out. Like it was very, uh, crowdsourced, I guess. Mm. Just um, no real help. And then th- when they released it, you know, a bunch of people passed on it. Just kind of stuff that is pretty yeah, obvious. We'll, yeah. Uh, revel- uh, that groundbreaking, I yeah, guess. Yeah, nothing, nothing real surprising. Surprising. At least for me. Um, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's well done, though. Yeah. It's, 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 got, right. it's got good reviews. I learned. Uh, I learned a couple things, but for the most part, like n- there, there wasn't anything that like really s- stood out, surprised me on how they made it. You know, it's it's the typical, uh, yeah, indie underdog story. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there was no like secret, like oh, we, you know, we had this ar- like arrangement and we got this shot. Like, there's no technical like wizardry going on. You know, but in that movie, in comparison to other zombie movies that come out now, I never felt like Night of Living Dead had any really cheesy parts in it. No, I, I mean only part that was kind of comical was the interaction between uh, the guy, uh, the guy and his sister at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. That was the only only scene They're coming to get you. Yeah, <laughs> look, there's one of them now. <laughs> they yeah, did point out that, that um, when Barbara gets uh, spoilers. <laughs> Dragged mm-hmm. out of the house. That's her brother. Like yeah, when right. I watched it with you, I didn't even notice that because no? he's not wearing his glasses. So, yeah. um, oh, and there's a, there's a big uh, there's a big chunk of the film dedicated to um, the uh, uh, sort of controversy around having an African American yeah. lead. Yeah, it's pretty big uh, for the times, and they related some of that to the '60s. Like they kind of made those parallels. Well, the most controversial part probably in there was when he slapped a white woman. That's right. No, <laughs> yeah, no, you're, yeah. You're, you're, it's true. <laughs> yeah. They, they showed clips from, like, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner and, like, yeah. how controversial that was. Yeah. And then there's, you know, Night of the Living Dead with that. Like, Well, you know, um, what's funny is me and Brad are huge fans of the Dick Van Dyke show. Mm-hmm. And the one where Whose Baby Is This, uh, where Re- uh, Rob is freaking out because he swore he took the wrong baby home from the hospital. Right. And so he calls um, the people, uh, who are the Peters, the Peters. And he yeah. says, uh, "You you have uh, you have something of mine, and I have something of yours." And uh, so when they the the family shows up, it's two black people, right? And back then, it's just unheard of to yeah. the, to make a joke of that. The live audience is laughing for a good minute. Oh and yeah, a half. it's it's crazy. And well, one of the things about that I I don't know the actor's name that played played that guy, Dwayne and, Jones, I think is his Dwayne, name. Yeah, but the one thing about him though is is just in comparison to a lot of other horror movies is like. You know, he played, you know, his role, he wasn't like a stereotypical black dude. He was just mm-hmm. like, you know, he, he took charge of the situation and, and was trying to save lives. And, and you know, it's just it's just different from what I see in in, in current horror. It's just, you know, it's just really. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the, the role of Ben is 
it could be anybody. You could mm-hmm. put anybody in that role. Right. And when you write a part where you're not, and I think he mentioned that he didn't. Yeah, Romero said they wrote it as man. just it, like it was originally yeah. going to be a white uh, white guy, and it mm-hmm. just turned out based on who was available that right. Dwayne Jones mm-hmm. got the part. So it had yeah. nothing to do with it. It, yeah. it. it is fascinating. The I. Uh, I don't think it's a spoiler to know if if you know my list. It's A Night of the Living Dead is going to be really high up there because right. it, I think it's the scariest movie that's ever been made. Right. Um, but, you know, too, if you're looking for another Night of the Living Dead, Tom Savini directed the remake right? And from a script by George Romero from 1990, and it's really good. It, it, he, he takes what you know and turns it. So uh, I, I you should seek that one out, too, because Barbara's different in it, a lot different. Oh, okay. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. And then I also saw We're the Millers. We're the Millers. Yeah. Uh, What'd you think? I thought it was funny. Um, it was pretty funny, too. Of course, what, the only thing that bugs me is they they have yet another movie with that scene where the bad guy has the gun drawn on mm-hmm. our heroes, and you know he pauses and lets the hero explain himself out of the situation but i still think it's great in that you're talking about the strip tease scene well th- it happens twice in the movie yeah, which is well, even more frustrating well, well, I, I love the strip tease scene because when jennifer aniston starts stripping sudakis breaks the fourth wall and looks at the yeah, camera I saw and that. just like shrugs <laughs> hey, there's that part ryan talked about yeah yeah because yeah, it's it's really funny because yeah. it's it's, it, it's basically him acknowledging how stupid that this is in the movie and yeah it, it's great <laughs> nice eye candy though um, oh yeah, no, she's pretty <laughs> attractive. I think she's forty-seven or something. Yeah. Gee, yeah. Christmas. Yeah, well, that laundry is a little see-through too. So, this <laughs> is great. Um, but you know, I thought my children. my favorite part was actually when they're sh- teaching. Um, what's his name? Billy. Yeah, the it's, the naive naive kid. Yeah, yeah, like how to make out. So <laughs> he's making out with Emma Roberts and Jennifer Aniston at the same, same time. time. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty funny. And it was Sudeikis said, I think is. He's just eating chips. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's, like, watching it. he's like, yeah, give him some tongue now. It's, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. And then it, it's, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's about it. <laughs> Kenny, his name's it's, Kenny. It's, Kenny yeah. it's one of those funny movies, you would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just hard the to funny describe. Funny flicks. If it wasn't for the couple who talked through the whole thing beside me, so, I would have. So uh, they go to every movie probably enjoyed it more how do they always yeah. find you brad i don't know man <laughs> every movie he goes to yeah they're like hey we're gonna talk let's sit next to that guy right there <laughs> the that theater is pretty populated but birth of the dead when i walked when i got in there and the guy came out to introduce the movie i was one of two people <laughs> in the theater and this one woman was like way in the back and i was way in the front and then i think 10 minutes after the movie started like 20 people showed up really what? yeah they had already missed 15 percent of the film yeah Hmm. So, well, the introduction of a documentary is pretty yeah. much just like fluff, but right. <laughs> I wish I would have known about this. I would have went. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, you can get it on Amazon right now. Yeah, I think it was. It's on on demand yeah. as I was watching it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then uh, the last thing I saw was I rewatched the original Gremlins. Nice. Oh, oh wow. Um, which uh, is kind of goofy, uh, silly, but um, I really have to give props to the animatronic animatronic people because those uh mogwais and gremlins like the technology they had back then i think 86 uh those are more lifelike than any cgi characters i see on screen these days you know and it's cool if you go to real nerds podcast and search phil Tippett interview he talks about why those work so well 
And he says because you're acting against something and it's there. You're not acting against fake stuff no matter how cool you make it look. Yeah, mm-hmm. originally when I saw that movie, I mean, I I thought you could go somewhere and get a Mogwai. You know? <laughs> I, I wish was, you could. It was possible, you know, and I was like... You know. It always makes me want fried chicken. <laughs> Twist and Chat, actually, uh, on one of their shelves, they have a gizmo where, like, you just touch it and you start singing the little Mogwai song. That the little, yeah, that little weird... That's kind of creepy. ...whistling thing, yeah. You know... So, I've never seen Gremlins. Would I like it? What? Yeah. Would you like it? Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah. It's a monster movie, but it's it's fun because it's Spielberg and Joe Dante. So yeah, yeah. You, there's a certain level of charm to it. Um, and I think actually, uh, Stripe. I think he's pretty scary in it. I mean, there's parts that are pretty. Yeah, the first Gremlins is definitely more scary. Yeah. The second one's more of a like. A spoof. Yeah, it's like, a spoof yeah. of like Die Hard. It's like making fun of itself most but, of the time. But you'd think it would hold up to somebody who, who like that wasn't part of their childhood. I think so. I don't yeah. know. I, I really enjoyed the movie, so I'd I'd say so. Yeah, but I just watched it, and it is kind of like there, there's a subplot where the the kid's dad, the kid who gets the Mogwai, um, the he makes inv- like he's an inventor, mm-hmm. and so. There's constantly just oh, scenes yeah, yeah, yeah. where the kid is like trying to use a juicer and it explodes on him. It really just had no it doesn't move the story forward. It's right. just like yeah. they always just have these wacky invention inventions or like the mom is trying to uh like he invents the cordless phone. This is eighty six. So she has like a remote control uh receiver and then it doesn't work, so she eventually just has to get up and use like right. the corded phone. Yeah. So there's those things littered about and then Phoebe Cates uh, right. she actually probably has the like the dark backstory thing, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool about her how her dad died. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love the scene where they're in the the bar. All the gremlins are in the bar. Yeah, that's classic. Um, all right, I'll have to check uh, it. Out. I think you should check it's it. Just, I, yeah, it's just one of those. Interesting the special ones effects where alone, like, are like really make that movie. Like yeah. when the gremlins transform, like they have alien like pods and stuff. They're like porous and oozy and. Like real, yeah. a lot of detail for these mm-hmm. animatronic characters, and there's hundreds of them at some points where I'm like watching how they double all these up. You know, I I doubt they made this many. Yeah, budget would have been huge. It's just interesting. Anytime there's a you know, like I have those movies from when I was a kid that uh, Battery's Not Included, for example, mm-hmm. or Short Circuit, where you you show them to people now and you're just and they're just like, what the fuck do you see in this movie? <laughs> like how. You know, and so I, it's it's just interesting. Um, well, I don't think you can compare Short Circuit to Gremlins. I think Gremlins is always a superior movie. I feel like the I Short Circuit was easily the wing- ringer out of that. Like I still love that yeah. movie, but I <laughs> I know the things that are wrong with Short Circuit. I'll defend Batteries Not Included to the death. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Yeah, movie, I haven't seen but... Short Circuit in a while, but I feel like those three movies have the same vibe. Really, production value wise mm. and uh, tone. Know, what do you think, Brie? I- it's just short circuit and gremlins. Uh, you know, I I like I like gremlins a lot, a lot better. I mean, it's it's, too, well, it's like a different movie because short circuit was just in the one robot. I mean, you had a yeah. lot of yeah. different characters. Well, the stories are different. different. It's, just, yeah. it's just the vibe of yeah, the eighties well, and the like the production value. Yeah, and like the animatronic. We, I, we have this. We have this sort of thing, yeah. robotic thing, and we want to show it to you as much as possible. Uh, I don't know. I, don't I can I can see what Brad's saying. Yeah, yeah I can too. I'm trying to wrap my head around. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I just think Gremlins is a better made movie. Yeah, 
Well, I'm gonna have to check it out, and then I'll tell you. Yeah, then yeah, you let us know. <laughs> you're a definitive. Even like I, th- I think the one scene on there, the the older guy, I forgot the guy, but you know they go back into like when you know pilots used to talk about gremlins in the airplanes, and you know it kind of went mm. in that kind of mythology uh, stuff. So you know it was it was a great movie. I mean, uh, it's been a while since I watched it, but me too. I'll have to sit down and watch it. I watched it with my wife a yeah. few years ago. Yeah. Does logic bother you, James? Um, misuse logic because like on a personal level <laughs> no in in movies because um in this movie they say do not feed your gremlins or mogwais after midnight yeah but it's always after midnight somewhere somewhere <laughs> oh that's you're, true you're yeah. always existing after midnight right well but i think it's, it's environmentally it's whether or not it's gotten you know to that deep part of the night when the evil comes out, the Asian guy just See, says I can, I after just, midnight. I just he, doesn't ex- he doesn't say like four hours that right. block after clearly. midnight. He says it's after midnight. Yeah, clear, you know, it's clearly, clearly I can excuse stuff like that. <laughs> Man, yeah. I like Transformers movies. Yeah, that's true. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> no need to argue that yep. one. <laughs> Point taken. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it for me. Would you watch James? Cool. Um, a couple things. Uh, well, just I wasn't going to talk about this, but you brought up Emma Roberts. I I, I keep watching American Horror Story from this season, mm-hmm. and it it's I haven't talked about this since the it premiered. All my fears about like it not being wacky enough, it's been it's been good. There's some just crazy shit going on in that show. It's all right. It's not as good as last season. I'm still waiting for Anne Frank or aliens to show up, <laughs> but um, but I I like Emma Roberts in that show. Um, anyway, the uh. Stuff I actually watched this week. I finally got a chance to see Before Midnight, which Ooh, yeah. uh, is the third in Linklighter's trilogy Wake of when he's done with that. <laughs> Jesse and Celeste, um, or Celine. Jesse and Jesse and Celeste is a different movie. Uh, and this is in in this one. So if you don't know the, the the first movie, this couple meets in in Paris and they get off and they spend an evening together and whatever. Ten years later, they made another movie. Same characters. They meet back up and sort of fall back in love. Oh fuck! He's still talking. Okay, hold on. <laughs> is he still setting so up the premise of one, the movie? In this one, they are. Ma- this is what. <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm trying to. Explain. I, it's important for you to understand. So in this one, we pick back up with them, and they are married. And they've been married for nine years. They have twins now. Uh, and what's fascinating about this movie is, the, just like the other ones, the whole movie is like one long conversation like it's different scenes but the conversations are all sort of intertwined and you're really just watching people talk like a kevin smith movie right yes exactly <laughs> okay okay i'm in right except without the uh, without all the dick jokes oh, oh no <laughs> <laughs> just say good night end of the show <laughs> thanks for listening to real nerds podcast this has been another business production bye <laughs> um so here's the thing Usually these would be movies where, like these movies, they they have these philosophical conversations and whatever. Uh, here, from the get go, is there is this sort of underlying tension that eventually these two people have to fight. Um, and when you've spent all this time, theoretically twenty years, with these characters and they're they're them being like this sort of star, not star-crossed lovers, but like you know, true love characters. Um, the the idea that they actually have to have a relationship where they have to ever have a serious fight um, is really interesting and and very tonally different than the other ones. And man, when they fight, it these are this is people fighting, and the fight scene is half of this movie. Um, 
uh, uh, somewhere about there. It's brutal. It's not fun to watch. Um, you, it's written in such a way because they they write these movies um, sort of like found footage movies where it's written, but they are sort of improving. Like they know what beats they need to hit, and and there are certain things they they need to say. But um, what that means is that like you're not on anybody's side. Like the argument is so genuine and and you understand both their points of view and it just sort of sucks to watch are they arguing about croissants no 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 they're having like good arguments that are built on all of the other stuff that we've seen you ate my movies. croissant i didn't um, know you drove croissant it's it's really good and where it where it ends is so smart i fucking hate you guys <laughs> um i really i never thought i would have loved these movies as much as i have this year um they were really something that I, I feel so, like I was. Sort James, of all kidding aside, you talked for like ten minutes. I still know what the fuck these movies are about. Right, that's. I mean, <laughs> it's about a couple. That, I mean, the first that two are talk? about this couple that, that they horrible. they fall in love over a, a short period of time, and then this one, like, they have kids and they have these problems, and as they try to suss them out, they come to an impasse and they fucking fight like no holds barred. That's, that's the movie marriage. Is that's about that's fighting? the move. That's the whole movie is them fighting um, so what makes them so good because everybody likes them but they have to finish the fight because, before well, midnight you, I, I certainly don't like you you can't see this movie without seeing the other two because mm-hmm. the other two really set up who these characters are and 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 make you root for them you know like this isn't a movie where they set up these this couple's relationship and then you you still like you're you would necessarily be <clears throat> sorry rooting for them to make it through this argument unless you had spent another two films with them already. Um, so the climax of this movie is them arguing? Yeah. Well, I mean, the argument eventually comes to, a, mm-hmm. you know, the, of, they end the argument in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, in 10 years when they do another one of these, I have no idea what that movie's going to look like. Like, they don't necessarily give you closure that is the most satisfying. They're in a um, retirement home, and they meet the guy who thinks he's Elvis Presley and another guy who thinks he's JFK. <laughs> uh, that would be awesome, man. And there's there's mummies sucking a- demons out of assholes. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I, if you obviously if you've seen the other movies, you need to check this out. It's great. And if you haven't seen Linklighter's Jesse and Celine movies, you should start it. Go back to before sunrise, before sunset, and start these movies because they're really interesting and romantic as fuck. So if the movie is uh, half the movie is like one big fight. Is there like a wicked makeup sex section? No. Uh-huh. Wait, you, you, no, said, that, you said romantic as fuck, but how how do you know that? Um so, <laughs> Did you see it with someone or <laughs> Oh no no, I don't mean like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> me. No, I mean like I watching them fall in love and then the conversation because okay. the first half of the movie is sort of reflecting this whole idea of like, okay, we've been oh. told that they are true loves, but is that is that even a real possibility? Does can that even really exist? Um, and it, it builds a really interesting tension between these characters. I, I think it's great. Um, yeah. If, you, if you're somebody like me who is okay with a movie where people just talk, then you should see these movies. And where can I see it at? Um, well, it's, it just came out a couple weeks ago on, on DVD and Blu-ray, so you can okay. get it like at Redbox and okay, stuff like cool. that. Right. Uh, the old ones, I, I know the... F- I can't, you'd have to go back to whenever I watched the first two. I think one of them was on Redbox, or one of them was on Netflix and the other one's on Amazon, you know, but you can find them streaming. Um, but they're good. Uh, the other thing I saw, well, one of the other things I saw was Zero Charisma, which is a movie produced by, um, well, I, I think it was 
I don't know the entire story. I think it was sort of pitched by a little indie group of guys and then produced by the nerdist.com, um, Chris Hardwick and his folks. Uh, and basically it's a movie about this guy, Scott, who is, he's the game master, like, you know, like for D and D, but he has his own game that he's designed. Um, and it's about him running his game while at the same time, like he lives with his grandma and his mom comes back to visit and sort of the tensions between him and his family. Um, what this is really about is it is the most genuine look at self-loathing, pathetic nerds that I've ever seen. Um, and not every nerd in this movie is pathetic. Scott is pathetic. His friends, eh, some of them are more pathetic than others. Some of them are cool. Like His friends really run the gamut of, of people that I actually know. Like I, I look at his group of friends and I can give you a real life name of every single person in his group. Incl- I know a couple Scots in my life as well. Um, and like it, I, wait, well, is it me? No, 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 no. It's not you. You're not. Scott. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's yeah. Ryan, he's fucking Scott. Um, <laughs> Brad doesn't like that. What, what do you whisper over there? I didn't hear it. <laughs> uh, Basically, like, this this hipster nerd comes into their group, and everybody starts to like him more, and, you know... Oh, that's me, guys. Scott, Scott sort of... <laughs> you are a hipster. <laughs> you're the hipster one, yeah, yeah. Um, Scott gets all of his uh, self-worth out of believing that his friends are more pathetic than he is. Um, and then, of course, he has to realize that that's not true. Um, but there are so many... Like, every argument that the nerds have are are fucking real conversations. Like... Like, anybody who watches Big Bang Theory and is like, oh, man, that's what nerds are like. No. Like, hardcore nerds are exactly like this movie. Um, I've, I've watched people react in the most, in the juvenile ways that people react in this movie. It's, uh, it's almost a bit too bizarre. Um, at now, at the same time, it's sort of polystyrene. Like, it, some of the acting is really stilted. Um, it's not the best movie to watch. Like, but... Well, so nerds aren't known for their charisma. Yeah. No. Charisma. Um, yeah, but yeah, I you should that. definitely check it out. If you're into D&D, if you've ever played D&D, you got to watch this just because, like, you know these people. I swear you do. Um, and then the very last thing I saw... It, oh, and it's it's on Amazon, or apparently Fuck. you can see it, like, one day. <laughs> oh, you talk forever about Universal <laughs> Monsters. Uh, apparently, Brad, you're going to see it, like, this weekend or something, Yeah, right? tomorrow this at 7 o'clock. That's the only showing Denver's getting. Ugh. So if you go on Amazon, it's it's funny. Amazon does this thing where like when they get movies like this, where you can't see them anywhere else, it's like seven bucks to rent instead of the normal like three or four or whatever. Um, but I guess that makes sense because it's that's still cheaper than going to a theater and paying ten fifty, ten fifty or whatever. Right. But um, anyway, the very last thing I saw was I went and saw The Counselor. Oh, Ridley Scott. Yeah, Ridley Scott doing Cormac McCarthy. Um, In the butt. <laughs> and you know this movie has gotten. This movie's gotten a two eighty-year-old dudes. Oh. <laughs> I just can't get. I can't get butt. through. I cannot get through a sentence. They were like, "That's the thing." Because I was gone last week, they were like, "We we have to give James the hardest fucking time that we can." I'm just yeah, that's exactly, exactly what we said. Um, because so, we just keep on talking for like twenty minutes about an argument that happened in a movie. You asked me questions about the argument. You kept me going. <laughs> I tried to move on. Anyway. Um, I didn't. There's not that much. Just get to the Diaz fucking the car part, okay? Yeah, that's all we care about. <laughs> with, so, her, with her vagina fog on the, <laughs> the car, and fast motor go. 
Fassbender's not even in that scene. Um, so be. there's been a lot of hate on this movie, and by the time I went into the theater, like I was honestly pretty scared. Like I, I honestly like when the credits started, I, I did the thing that we do every now and then when we're going to see two guns, where I closed my eyes for a second and was like, "All right, what have I done? Want this movie to be good? Like, what'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst." <laughs> <laughs> too easy too easy uh, continue um, uh, I hate you so much right now <laughs> uh, so, so you're scared so the credits rolled and you're like you're yeah scared. so I was genuinely that's the thing it takes me so fucking long because every time you interrupt <laughs> me I have to figure out where I was again um, I'll just skip to the end I really like this movie wow I I think that the reviews of this movie are harsh in so all you, the wrong ways so why do you think the reviews are so wrong and you're so right um Okay, so this movie, I'm not necessarily saying that I'm right. Uh, This movie, a lot of people are not going to like this movie. It is uh, narratively very non-traditional. It does not take time to tell you how exactly the counselor has gotten involved with these drug dealers or even what the fucking counselor's name is. You never find out Michael Michael Fassbender's name. Spoilers. Um, But what it is telling you is a story about a guy... No, <laughs> I was gonna say. Um, I guess it's his name is the, and his last name's Counselor. Yeah, no, he is credited <laughs> it's like as Jack Reacher. He is credited as the Counselor in the movie. Everybody else gets a name, but um, the cat just died. Just in, <laughs> no, that was my coat. Dreams come true. <laughs> when you guys want something bad enough. That happens, Every time true. James loves a movie, everybody hates a cat dies. <laughs> and um, an angel gets its wings. <laughs> so let me back up. The story here is that Michael Fassbender's character, he's a lawyer who. Um, is involved with some drug dealers. He he's never done this before, but he's helping them in some way, and he only wants to do it once. He's gonna get a whole bunch of money. Uh, he and his uh, sounds fiance, like the plot to where the Millers. He and his fiance <laughs> uh, uh, Penelope Cruz are, you know, they're about to get married, and he just wants to make a bunch of money and get out. Um, and there are these people who are running drugs over the border from Mexico into into Texas, and basically things go wrong. Um, the reason why a lot of people aren't going to like this movie is it, it, again, it, it jumps you into the story. Uh, it never talks down to you at all. Honestly, there are times when characters say things that I don't even know what they said. Like it's clearly written by a novelist where, um, there are lines of dialogue that I, I just, I, I don't know what that person just said, but let's mm. move on. Um, but at the same time, I was riveted the entire time. Like I had to pee halfway through this movie and I would not dare get up because I was like, it is so methodically paced and they are, they are giving you little bits of information when they choose to that. I was like, if I get up, I might miss the important thing. Um, anyway, Cameron Diaz is the girlfriend of this drug dealer and she's weird. I don't, you know, who knows what's going on with her. Uh, she's clearly a crazy pants. Um, but the whole idea here is that unlike you know, th- this movie is not the international. And when this movie was over, I heard, I looked around and I was listening to people talking and they were like, yeah, I was expecting there was going to be a, a twist or, you know, like I, I really thought something was going to happen. Um, this is not that movie. This movie does not fit into any of your expectations of what it's going to be. Like instead it's a movie that's really nihilistic, tells you a story that's not fun to be a part of. Um, you're not really happy about where it goes and how people choose to like the, the decisions that people make. 
And in the end, everyone pays the consequences for what they do or, or for what they've done in ways that are really tough to deal with. Um, I think it's really smart. I think it's it's beautifully made. Uh, I don't know how... Like, there have literally, literally been articles that have accused this of being the worst movie of the year. I don't know who fucking says that. I don't know how you walk out of a movie and ever think, like, oh, yeah, this is so... Like, The Host is worse than this. Easily. And that's not the worst movie I saw this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, I I just don't understand it. I, I don't know why people want to hate on this. Like, it's it's not a movie a lot of people are going to... It's Because it's not fun to watch at all. Um... But and there's man, there's some cool shit in this movie. Is there boobs? Uh, no, there's no. Fuck it, I'm not watching it. <laughs> there is a really weird scene where Cameron Diaz has sex with a car. Uh, oh, that's the thing I've forgotten to say. The reason why the, the like the big reason why part of this movie doesn't work is that Cameron Diaz is way outclassed. Uh, and I don't want to give too much away, but this movie really rests on her shoulders in a lot of ways. Um, Fastbender's like American accent's not very good. Oh, I didn't notice that. I don't, and I don't give a shit about accents. I never have. I think he is fantastic. I think his performance is great. Um, really, it's really noticeable when um, Sam Worthington does an American accent. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. His, his is really bad, but we always find I a think, way to bust his balls. Yeah, one of these days he's gonna come bursting through your door and call you out. Say, hey, you guys are fighting the street. Get out of here, you stupid American. <laughs> <laughs> that was me going through all his accents. <laughs> I mean, most of the time, I just don't. Like, if he had done a British accent the whole time, I'd have been fine with it. I don't think that his accent matters here. Because um, it's not like he's trying to do a Texas accent or anything like that. Um, but anyway, the whole movie, or a good portion of the movie rests on Cameron Diaz. Uh, she has a couple of, like, speeches that, very much like No Country for Old Men, the movie actually ends with a, a speech from her that sort of gives you an idea of what you're supposed to take away. But she's just chewing the scenery so bad. Um that it it just sort of taints it. Like, this this movie's never going to be the masterpiece that No Country is. Uh, but it is a movie Taint. that... I, <laughs> it is a movie that stuck with me for a few days, and, and I, I really look forward to seeing it again. That's the part between your balls and your butthole. It is. <laughs> Thanks. I, I missed you guys. Yep. <laughs> the counselor, um, only as good as the part between your balls and your butthole. <laughs> That's it's not the, true. Roger Ebert. <laughs> oh. He gives it one taint stink. It does. Uh, it also has, like I said about it being written by a novelist. Like it's got a couple of those moments, like from The Wire, where like, like drug dealers give these little speeches and have these lines of dialogue that you're like, nobody. T- n- there are not no self-respecting drug dealer talks that How way. How do drug dealers talk? Do you I don't talk know. to a lot of them. Yeah. How else do I get my drugs? I don't know. From drug dealers. You live in Lone Tree. You probably get it we from about- some cracked-out mom up the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I go over there, we don't talk about how drugs are like chess. That's a that's a wire reference, not the counselor is still better than the wire. I was reading some anti review where they actually included in their review an excerpt of dialogue mm-hmm. in exchange and uh I think between probably Javier Bardem's character and Fassbender's character. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading it in this script form, it it almost what they're talking about and the pace, I guess, as I was reading it, it almost seemed like a Kevin Smith scene with like Dante and Randall talking. Yeah. yeah. Can you remember what it was? Uh, they were talking about, uh, I think, Cameron Diaz, Diaz's character's vagina like, looking like a catfish on the oh, window. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, that's him because, fuck, I don't, I don't know why I should give any of this away, but the the scene where she has sex with a car is a, a flashback, and, and Javier Bardem is telling Fassbender about it, and yeah. that's the way he describes it. And 
it's weird to me that that's been the thing that people take away from this so much. Like I've heard more people talk about that fucking scene than than what I would think is the far more disturbing. Like there's this really sort of badass. It's it's this movie's version of the the cow killer from No Country. You'll know it when you see it. Um, and that you know that's pretty intense. I like seeing that. Um, well, I was just talking about the, like the tempo her- and like the the way. It just seemed, you know, something like they were talking about, you know, stormtroopers on the Death Star, you know, um, like you, that kind of vibe. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but like, I could see that. I, I think that Javier Bardem's performance is actually really good. I don't know why people are giving that a hard time. Um, I, I, I think you'd have to see that character. I think it's not what people expect him to, to be. Um, I think one thing, the other thing is easier to visualize. Cameron Diaz's pussy on a windshield. <laughs> Why everyone is, is wrapped up about that? You don't see it. <laughs> it's actually really nice. It's you know when it comes, but like, just to just, visualize it. Yeah, I when mean, he yeah. describes it, you're like, oh man, I'm glad you didn't show us that part. Like, oh gosh, that's horrible. Um, oh hey, and there is. I think there's a reason for that scene to be in there. I think I. Like it's it's stuck with me, and I had to think about it for a while. But I I think I understand why that part is there. It's definitely weird, um, and there are definitely like some some tonal reasons why it's there. But more understanding why that character does it is what's maybe shouldn't be understood. <laughs> um, He's a uh, Javier Bardem's hair, the uh, stabbing people, the cattle prod scene of this movie. <laughs> no, no, okay, no. His character is really cool. I oh, I can't say that. <laughs> Anyway, I, I I genuinely like this movie. Most people are not, and I understand why, because it's uh, it's gonna be slow and hard to watch. But just like James's description of Before Midnight, but for uh, <laughs> yeah, you haven't given me any reason to go see it. Like nothing Before Midnight or The Counselor, The Counselor. Like you keep saying, like how it's hard to watch and it's it's not fun. It is a <laughs> it is a story about how it's because I don't want to give too much of it away because the the more I say about it the less difficult of a movie it is. But I I will say this. It is a story about how um you are in control of your own world. You build your own world around you and if you choose to usher yourself into hell, that is the world you will live in. Breaking um, Bad. Gotcha. Uh no. <laughs> Here's the thing. No, <laughs> this is this is um, people end up more fucked up than hmm. and this is way more nihilistic than Breaking Bad. Um, you know, people misinterpret No Country for Old Men for being nihilistic. This puts it to shame. Like this is really a movie where in the end you're just like, oh, well, fuck. All right. Um, yeah, it's it's not fun. But man, I can't wait to see it again. <laughs> done yeah i'm done fuck that's why we have three hours it's funny we and brad were talking and we had did our episode last week we're like oh man that seemed short how long was it it was like an hour and four minutes we're like yeah. james himself adds like 50 to an hour to our show i could i could be concise if nobody would interrupt me for fucking once <laughs> <laughs> welcome back it's james <laughs> what the fuck do we do next oh yeah box office numbers you, you don't have to do it that way i do whatever You're... i want well he does because i don't have a comic Oh, don't worry. I always have a comic. Oh, me? good. This is the box office stats. Um, hey, the movie we saw last week is number one, Bad Grandpa. Yeah. 32 million. Gravity's still hanging in there. It is. Pretty impressive. It's made more money than World War Z at this point. Yeah, it's going to be probably maybe the second highest grossing movie of the year. Wow. Second highest? Mm-hmm. It's not going to pass it's Iron Man. It's not going to pass Iron Man. 
Yeah, but what's what's in second place right now? Uh, what's at two hundred eighty million? Uh, I forget. James, will look it up. Like for it's us. gonna do more than Star Trek and Despicable Me Two. Despicable Me Two. Oh, that one's like three hundred fifty or something, isn't it? Yeah, three hundred sixty. Mm-hmm. Iron Man's at four. Man of Steel is after that. Uh, mm. I guess I it's gaining think... on stuff. Where is it? Oh, here it is. Yeah, it's at it's at eight right now. So it's about to pass up uh, Star Trek. Another twenty million dollars. It'll pass Star Trek. So maybe this weekend, huh? Yeah. Man, look how high Fast and Furious Six is. How did we let that happen? That because movie's the not rocks that good. in it, dude. Yeah, but the rock brings the pain. Did you see the picture he tweeted out where it's him as Hercules? Yeah. And then he tweeted out the one of him in Fast Seven. <laughs> that dude is he's a, huge, an animal. Yeah, he's so awesome. Yeah, I got a trivia question for you. Hmm. Uh, what movie did the Rock star in in 2010? In 2010, Faster. Damn it. <laughs> it was a question of trivia this week, and no one in the bar, it took him a bunch of clues and tries, and no really? one, uh, he, like the quiz master even said, like someone answered Fast and Furious, whatever, five or six. He's, he's like, you're on the right track, and it just it went on and on until <laughs> finally he's like, just add two more letters. To <laughs> yeah, you, you know why, Brad? I'm always smelling what The Rock is cooking. I, I know. I'm impressed. <laughs> hey, I have a comic book this week. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. Uh, my comic book is Spider-Man Marvel Knights. It's a new, it's a new Spider-Man uh, comic. They're, wait, they're bringing back Marvel Knights? Yeah, dude. And it's uh, it's Peter Parker. So right away, I'm on board. Hey. And what's really cool about it is he kills people. It would be, I wouldn't mind it. You know, as if he had a reason to. Oh, okay. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, what? It's really cool because it. The art in it's really awesome. What it starts off with, uh, Peter is doing this inner monologue like he always does, where he says, "You know, I'm just a photographer and uh, I'm responsible for uh, Uncle Ben." And and then the background, like it has um, traditional comic art in the front, re- in the foreground where it's like Spidey, but in the background it's paintings and stuff of stuff happening to him. And so he's the whole comic is him going through. He's like delusional, and it's. He's being attacked by Werewolf by Night, by Frankenstein's Monster, by Morbius, by Jack-O-Lantern, and he can't figure out what's happening to him. Hmm. And the and it's really bizarre, but it's really well done. And you you don't know what's going on, and you and it never the book never tells you. Like the it's a you know it's an average so twenty two pages of Spider Man just like flipping out, and it never tells you. And every time you think it's going to give you a little clue to what's happening. It kind of turns it on its head because he first he thinks it's jack-o'-lanterns poisoning poisoning him with some sort of gas. So he's he's delusional and he doesn't on one page. And this is how cool the book's made. So on one page, it's him talking. And on the other side of the page is the same page, but backwards. And even like the writings backwards in it, like what? the art is backwards oh, in that's it. Cool. And it's just a really cool little book. And then he uh, halfway through the book, he runs into Arcade, who's an X-Men X-Men villain. And uh, he, if you don't know anything about Arcade, he puts the X-Men or whoever it is, Fantastic Four, in Murder World. And he devises these games where he's trying to kill the heroes with robots or whatever it is. And so Spider-Man gets to him. He says, Arcade, wait, you're behind this? He said, nah. he said I'm not behind this, but you already took the pill. And Spider-Man says, what pill did I take? And then the next page, you flip it over, and his spider sense is going off in the background. And each little uh, wave of his spider sense has a different villain in it. 
And so you have no idea what the fuck is happening. It's a really bizarre book, um, but it's really fun to read because uh, why I wanted to bring it up is because you can take a chance writing a Spider-Man book without fucking making him Dr. Octopus <laughs> and Peter Parker can still be in it. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting and um, it's not for everybody, but I just like that it was a different take on Spider-Man and um, is interesting, very interesting. Um, so if, you, if you're interested in just a different kind of book that's really well written and really well drawn, um, check it out. You, it can't hurt you. Um, and to answer your question, yeah, they have Marvel Knights X-Men coming out and Marvel Knights. I Daredevil? The, I forget the other one. And that's not Daredevil. Oh. Um, but what they're doing is what they did with the original Marvel Knights print is they take creators and artists who normally won't work on these kind of books and they say, hey, go make a book. And so the Spider-Man one is five parts. And so I'm, I'm excited for the next one. That's cool, yeah. I want to see him fight more monsters. Because he oh, ripped, man. like, Frankenstein's arm off in this. Well, and, it's, and it's really cool because he's he's fighting his own um, delusions. Because he said, well, this can't be real. So if I rip your arm off, then it can't be real if I'm doing this to you. So, so. it's Mysterio. Yeah, it could be Mysterio. That'd be sweet. I do love Mysterio. Mysterio um, played by Bruce Campbell. That'd be even better. Um, but... And uh, I am looking forward to, I haven't read it yet, but the final issue of Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, that's right. Um, I'm, I'm like 20 issues behind. Yeah, and I, I'll probably get the Ultimate uh, Catalysm, I think is. Cataclysm. Cataclysm. Where the two, I'm, I'm, the, the yeah, two. I don't know what it is. I think it's Catalysm is the yeah, name of it. that's an actual word. Cataclysm isn't. Yeah. Anyway, um, where they're. Because they're getting, I think, the, I think they, Galactus is going to eat the Ultimate Universe is what's going to happen. What? Yeah, because he's already cr- he's already crossed over. Hmm. Um, Galactus from six one six has crossed over to the Ultimate Universe. Oh, wow! Um, and he's in a little mini series. I should probably pick it up. It's called Hunger, and, and all the art on the cover is really badass. It's all Galactus, and that's cool. And I, I miss the Galactus, you know, because this one he has a big headdress, and you know he's just a big white guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's not a cloud of smoke. Um, hey, I don't think that was ever a comic book canon. No, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Lego superheroes video game starts with him eating a bunch of Lego planets. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. And Man. it's, it's so funny when you're playing it because it, it starts and he's, this planet gets sucked and he's like, yum, 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 And then the surfer, uh, silver surfers, right? But yeah, you should pick up Marvel Knight Spider-Man if you want a different kind of goofy kind of comic. That's cool. Wait, so are they going to keep doing like ultimate Spider-Man but it's going to be 616? Like, there's, I, Is there going to be a book actually, just about him? I, I Actually, I think what's going to happen is he's going to cross over. Because, did you read Spider-Man? No, no. I'm Yeah, my expectation is that they're going to bring Miles Morales into 616. Yeah, they already have. But, if you Have you read Spider-Man yet? No. Oh, well, I'll spoil Spider-Man for you. So, uh, Spider-Man is a really cool story about how Mysterio in the Ultimate Universe... Because Mysterio in the Ultimate Universe is badass. Remember, he threw the kingpin out the window. Yeah. He's... So, the... Mysterio in Ultimate is a projection from 616. He found a way to cross over. Oh. So the Mysterio in the Ultimate is a real illusion. It's not really a person. It's Mysterio from 616 using a projection of himself into it. That's cool. Um, so when Spidey, Peter Parker, gets blasted into the Ultimate Universe, um, you know, he's he beats Mysterio, and they decide to leave Mysterio in Ultimate Universe. Spidey goes back, Peter Parker, and he goes on his computer in the last panel is he says i wonder if miles morales exists in uh in this universe and he hits enter on google and then he goes what like so he's already around yeah so. well but that would be a that would be a miles morales that isn't spider yeah 
Uh, but um, th- there's, uh, I heard that they're going to do what I've got from the solicits and what I've been reading with interviews with um, the writers is uh, Superior Spider-Man might continue, but I think Peter Parker is going to come back yeah. because they're also uh, Dan Slott, who's a writer of Superior right now. After they do a thing called the Goblin War, he's going to write. It's a six part called The End. So one way or another, I think Superior is going to end. Oh, yeah. Um, because one, they have to promote a new movie and there's no way they're going to keep Spider-Man a bad guy. Yeah. And where, where uh, Superior is actually getting interesting is um, Octavius is realizing that it's really hard to be Peter Parker. Yeah. Because he thought he could just overcome Peter Parker's deficiencies with his intelligence and he's finding out that it's not working out so well for him. So we'll see. Whatever. See, Bree, you know what actually makes the show go really long? Is all the fucking time we spend talking well, about Spider-Man. It, hearing Ryan talk about Spider-Man gets me interested. I, I've never Thank been you, properly Bree. introduced to <laughs> Spider-Man. I've only, I've only seen the movies and, yeah. you know, that, that didn't catch me. So, you know, I want to actually get out there and read some of the, the good Sweet, Spider-Man. Sweet, dude, I can content. tingle you in his web. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I, I have a friend I have a friend that's down the Springs. He's, he's into Spider-Man, too. But I just initially, you know, when I used to see Spider-Man, I, you know, uh, I was initially attracted by just Venom and Carnage, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff. But I never really got yeah, into it. Yeah, I should read other stuff because Venom and Carnage aren't that interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking to a Spider-Man purist who right. I think, like, his older villains are better. But right. Yeah. I, I, I'm definitely in the minority where I'm like, eh, Venom, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is probably what's going to be coming out on Blu-ray this week. DVD releases the Blu-rays. Dude, I'm so excited. I, I'm doing this thing now where I'm ordering things that I don't remember ordering. Um, <laughs> it's called getting drunk and going on Amazon. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Well, I don't drink. but no, I know. Um, so the story is, Brad, I don't know if I told you the story yet. I was, uh, I was at work on Monday, and I got an email, and I just looked at it, and it says, your order of Monsters University is shipped. I don't remember ordering it. <laughs> um, and so I told Laura about that. She said, we order so many fucking movies from there. They probably just like, oh, he likes this one. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to fight it when we send it to him. He didn't watch this one in the theater. So yeah. let's, uh, let's get and to his You know what? Step. She's probably right. I mean, I, I, said, I said, I'm like, yeah, I was going to buy it anyways. Yeah, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, the only thing I can actually think of is when they in- made it available for pre-order because I didn't see it in theaters is yeah. I just pre-ordered it. Yeah. Um, and this week it happened to me again. I uh, I got an email on Friday saying my order of The Hobbit, the extended edition, is shipped. <laughs> Don't remember ordering it, but... It's also apparently coming on Monday. It's coming right? on Monday. I'm getting it a day early, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Did you like it that much? Uh, I, I wasn't a big fan of The Hobbit, but the uh, extended edition that's coming out this week actually has like nine hours of bonus features and... Yeah, it's got all the appendices attached to it. Yeah, um, because I knew that it was going to be coming out in an extended edition, so I just saved my money. To buy the edition I wanted. Whereas, I didn't buy two editions and then get mad because there's two editions of another movie. Whereas I can choose to pay $20 for basically just the appendices because I can at <laughs> least get what I want. You know, well, nine hours actually for bonus that's for 20 bucks. That's, Yo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of worth it. Um, and the packaging is cool. I mean, I just cool. paid $20 for... Uh, for uh, the Alien anthology, I already own Alien 1 on Blu-ray, so I'm basically just buying that for the packaging. That's like, all right. The packaging's you know, badass. I'll watch the rest of them maybe once, but uh, we're also getting a uh, a redneck Christmas of a Duck Dynasty this week. This show is really popular. Uh, Everyone yeah, in my family no. loves it. I've my fo- my it. folks have started watching it, and they like they bought a, tr- uh, a DVD of it, and they they watched a few. I don't know if they were really like into it, but mm-hmm. 
I've seen oh, little bits of it. It's, it's I mean, all right. It's yeah. a, but I don't know why it's so popular. Yeah, the guys are right. funny. Yeah, I don't know why, like, Walmart is just chock full of well, T-shirts. It's Walmart, dude. <laughs> well, that's true. It's Redneck uh, Central. We're also getting a box set of the complete Twilight Saga. Get out. It's titled Twilight Forever. Sweet. Which is super creepy. Why is Why does she look so dead sullen on because <laughs> chris and stewart in a <laughs> twilight movie uh white house down comes out this week this week so you can miss that again nice. uh grown-ups too yeah i'll probably rent that one so you can miss i like that adam again. sandler i don't care what everybody says i i like adam sandler too in dramas yeah well he'll never make another one because it doesn't make him any money <sighs> it's so stupid you know how much money grown-ups two made like 186 million dollars i know how much money did rain over me make not enough like 10 that movie was really good <laughs> i know i love rain over me oh yeah I, I love adam sandler there's a uh a uh blu-ray 30th anniversary book release of the right stuff which nice. i might just pick out pick the up. right stuff um, yeah, <laughs> man. Um, Parkland comes out this week, which is that movie with Zac Efron about uh, JFK getting shot, um, which I really wanted to see and thought it was like going to get a theatrical release in the winter, and apparently it came out and mm-hmm. left it real tanked. quick. That's too bad. Maybe it's horrible. I, so, I heard it's not very know. good, but it's is it produced by like, Tom Hanks and stuff? I think. Yeah, I, I, I believe so. You know, it's a really fascinating thing in American history. Yeah, um, it looked a lot like. It looked a lot like Bobby, if you ever saw mm-hmm. Bobby, where it was going to tell you like a series of different stories from different points of view, so it probably wasn't going to be the most engrossing, mm-hmm. you know, because it was going to be so disjointed, but um, still, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm, I'm interested in that. Um, uh, Girl Most Likely, which is that movie with Kristen Wiig, where like she's, I don't know, in jail or in a asylum. the trailer's really obnoxious, yeah. Yeah, but it's out this week. Uh, Loveless is out, where uh, Amanda Seyfried does Deep Throat. Nice. Just gonna leave that alone. Uh, the Christmas Cult. It's cool. It's a horse movie. Uh, Under the Dome, which I don't know what this is. I think this is some kind of a like not the show or oh, something. Looks like the show. I know, but the show is still on. on. Yeah. Or the or, or I mean, it was just on recently. Maybe the Blu-ray is really. Mm. If you're a big sure Under the Dome fan, maybe it's coming out this week, or maybe something else. So just go look at it. Under the Thunderdome. Uh, James Franco's directorial debut, uh, As I Lay Dying, which is his adaptation of the book As I Lay Dying, which I want to check out. Uh, and then lastly, Prometheus Trap. <laughs> I fucking kid you not. Look at this. Look at this. This has got to be one crew's quest to save mankind. This has got to be an asylum film. Like, this is so... They should sue. <laughs> this is so obviously... Oh, maybe I mean, it, maybe it's, it's maybe it's like the but... Parent Trap, but it's with the aliens. <laughs> from oh, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Where like one of them is actually a twin, and they just keep <laughs> pulling one by over. Scott Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with Michael Shatner and Rebecca Cush. Ah, uh, she's so Cush. <laughs> I'm. I I saw this and I about had a conniption. Like this is just. Oh, it's made by Phase Four Films. I mean, it has to be better than Prometheus. That's what my dad was in. Uh, my dad's like high school band was called Phase Four or oh, really? no, Phase Five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's cool. Was there five people in the band? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Anyway, so go pick up a copy of Prometheus, Prometheus Trap. I'm probably gonna buy that movie. Why? It's twenty. Dude, it's twenty six. I know. Bucks. I'm gonna go to tra- I'm gonna go to Trademark tomorrow and see if I can get a copy. Okay. Are you ever gonna do another shit show review? 
I know I need to. You know, you say you keep on going. Oh, I have time to write on the uh, site. I don't think you've written in like a year. In a year, you've it's done horrible. two. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's horrible. Okay, it is. Thanks. Way to shame me. Fuck. Well, me. I, I've been. If you've gone to the website lately, I've been messing with the the menu options, and I took down the release list because I don't think anyone's checking our site for release dates. But yeah, I've added the big S watch list to it, so I'm going through all the old episodes and uh, cataloging. Where we've talked about things. Oh wow! Yeah. So. Fuck. So yeah, I, I need some went space. To our site or anything, and I, didn't, I just hadn't seen it. Yeah. I have it pinned. I, it comes up every time I open Chrome. Mm. But. But then uh, I was recently told, like, "Hey, where's the uh, release list?" So I was wondering what else I can lose from the <laughs> menu bar. <laughs> you can probably drop or or just drop it into a subcategory with the articles. Yeah. Because um, yeah, it never needed to be on the front anyway. Okay. I think just when we built the site, we didn't have that many like tabs. Options, yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho, it's real news time. I bet somebody died this week. Somebody did die! It's real news! People are always dying. You should call it uh, the freaking news morgue. The real, the real morgue. How <laughs> need them. How Needham died. Actually, this was last week. But I wasn't here. How Needham directed um, uh, Smoking the Bandit, which was one of my uh, favorite movies when I was a kid. But more importantly, yep. he was a uh, he was a stunt guy for a really long time. He did a whole bunch of stunt car races and stuff like that, and just an awesome guy. He was I'd seen him in interviews before. He was pretty cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, he's dead. He was really old though. So good good, good long life. Made fucking Smoking the Bandit, which I love. Um, so he will be missed. Oh, no, that's a different show. Um, CBS is going to make a spinoff of How I Met Your Mother called How I Met Your Father. If it's, and if that's it's a, the if, last we'll ever talk about it. If it's not derogatory towards women, I think it could work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, are you saying that you feel that way about How I Met Your Mother? No, I'm just saying if they don't make the girls annoying in it, it'd oh, be Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's always if, cool to have female-centric casts that if, are going to be cliches. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, if, they're going to be fighting and getting manicures and stuff. If the if the characters are as as sort of well-rounded as the ones in How I Met Your Mother are, I I just don't have a lot of faith in, like, sitcom spinoffs, you know? Really? Yeah. Green Acres. Green uh, Acres. Yeah, but that was how many years ago? Like, um, Rhoda. Frasier. Frasier. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Frasier's good. <laughs> but Frasier's not Cheers. Let's see what else can we get, pull out. Um, hmm. Star Trek The Next Generation. That does not count. <laughs> spin-off. Sorry, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Spin- uh, spin-off. Uh, as, again, I don't know that DS9 is really a spin-off. But anyways. No, they never went to DS9 Angel. in, in uh, Next Gen. Yeah, but... Yeah, uh, they did. Hold on, I said sitcoms. I did say sitcoms. Oh, sitcoms? Yeah. It's a sitcom Four Broke Girls is not going to be a great show. <laughs> um, they go into situations with the Enterprise. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. And there's comedy. Data provides comedy once in a while. Uh, they renewed Walking Dead for a fifth season. Duh. <laughs> um, it, most watched program on cable. million yeah. viewers. That's, almost as, that's more than most network TV shows. Yeah. You know, I heard this week on a podcast is that the Clerks of the Animated Series, their demogra- they had 7 million viewers at mm-hmm. the time when they were canceled. Yep. 
Shows today would love seven million viewers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think they they say the Michael J. Fox show is you know one of the kind of sleeper hits. I think it averages like five million viewers. Yeah, two episodes of an animated show. They're like not not good enough. Tossed to the side. ABC would kill to have a show like that now. Yep. Man, network television is really bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about uh, Star Wars Episode Seven news really at all. Because Cause there's nothing going on. Right. Uh, <laughs> but there is. So so I don't think that me bringing this up is just like, I'm only going to talk about Star Wars news when it's bad. But um, we basically found out this year that the 2015 release date is very much a stuck release date and that they can't falter from that very much, uh, which I had even said when they signed J.J. Abrams, like, oh, okay, the first thing we'll hear is that they'll push that release date back by a year because he doesn't usually, he likes to take his time. Um, but uh, Disney spent a lot of money on that company and they would like to make some of it back real quick. Um, so basically they are rushing that movie. Um, it works. Which, which may mean, why, that, that may be why they dropped their screenwriter and got a new, somebody new on there and why we've heard all this stuff recently. Hopefully it'll all be fine. It will be. Um, uh, one, I still really have a lot of faith in that movie. One but. of my favorite stories is the Bourne Ultimatum. They shot that rooftop battle scene before they even had a script for the movie. So oh, yeah. It could work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, that movie also doesn't have like a whole lot of like CG effects and stuff like that. You have to have that stuff planned out. Yeah, but as long as you have, like, uh, the Avengers, uh, here's a story for the Avengers. Remember that uh, when Iron Man blasts out of the water? Yeah. They had to start working on that before they had a script, too. So that is true. As long as they have, you know, a general idea of what they're going to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure they'll make it. But and, the, and the artists are really talented. It's just, I, I, I honestly believed that this was going to be the Star Wars movie that we all wanted Phantom Menace to be. Um, I hate to say that out loud, but I really kind of feel that way. Uh, and this is the first piece of news that I've actually heard where I've been like, all right, this may not be as good as I want it to be, but it'll still be fun. Um, I think they'll be all right. It's got Ben Burt doing sound, so it's going to be sound fantastic. Because, I mean, really, when do they have, it doesn't come out until 2015, so they yeah. probably only have to start filming it, like, February, April. So they still have a few weeks, to, a few months to go. Yeah, yeah. They still they have, have, like, a few four, months, uh, four or five months to go. That's, to, pretty, that's a lot. To do pre-production on one of the biggest films of the next ten years. But if you're the only thing working, if it's the only thing you're working on, I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll throw they'll throw all the money at it. And, yeah, they'll be all right. It, um, it could come out Christmas 2015. Yeah. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. two years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they got it. Star Trek in the darkness that fast. They can do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they they, they won it for summer. And the way he oh, even I'm said sure. it was summer, but yeah, maybe they'll push it back to the end of summer or something like that. But you know, the the truth is, it's all about the script. It's whether or mm. not it's whether or not they can spend enough time on the script getting that good. Because yeah, you can get a crew together and you can get. Technically, you can throw enough money at something yeah. that you can get it to work. It's whether or not they get a script that is is tight, and the thing that I think, the thing that we don't all know is actually what we want out of a Star Wars movie. You know, that's the hard part. But fingers crossed. Yeah, I have faith in it. There's a lot of good people on it. Yeah, Bree, what do you want out of a Star Wars movie? Man, I'm watching. You know, I grew up with the original Star Wars movies, and after the new ones came out, I kind of. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't really interested in seeing the newer Star Wars movies and all the stuff that's going on now. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, I don't, I just want a movie that will draw me in. All the Star Wars stuff now, I, I'm really, really out of the loop on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but, you know, I really love the old movies and I had all the toys. I had the Millennium Falcon. I had the cloud cars. I had the Tauntauns, the Snow Beasts, all that stuff. Nice. The Ice Planet thing, <laughs> all that cool stuff. Oh man, I used to love like that. That's what we'd do at recess is we would all have because 
I was a kid when they got re-released. Mm-hmm. So we basically were reliving, you know, 19 or the, the late seventies of us playing around on the, on the, uh, playground, like slamming our X wings against each other. <laughs> um, which is not a euphemism. <laughs> Ryan, what do you want to see out of a star Wars movie? Um, I just want to see adventure and fun. Um, and I want to see a battle like when Obi-Wan and Anakin fight on the lava planet. That's it. <laughs> James. James. What, um, oh, do you got, we have another 40 minutes. Or <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, right. he, he wants, he Scratch wants, that. he oh, wants oh. Han Solo and well, Princess Leia about to have a fight for the first half of the movie. And then they'll get into a fight and then their kids will storm out and that'll be the end of the movie. That's not true. I want cars to turn into robots. That's what I want. Are you getting um, that next year? <laughs> no, um, I don't. I don't want them to touch much of el- of what else is, uh, you know, the other movies. And I know they are. Um, you know, it's such a great universe with so much stuff going on that you could tell so many stories that are just isolated and on their own. That you know, the the one detractor for me is that I know that somebody at some point is going to say Skywalker in this movie, and that's going to not be as much fun for me. So, are you tired of Why? seeing stuff from like the Jedi aspect? You want to see no, other no. stuff? I'm fine with Jedi's, but like yeah. if it were just, you know, if they made the equivalent of like Qui-Gon Jinn running around fighting monsters and like solving space murders, yeah, I, I would kids. love that movie. <laughs> um, like I just, I, I'm afraid of that movie getting bogged down by a lot of the, the previous canon. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, if Han Solo walks through the background, cool. <laughs> uh, but you don't, you don't want it to be this like two hour, like revisiting like yeah. oh, remember how cool all this old stuff was? Yeah, if the main characters are like the children of Princess Leia, I'm I'm gonna roll my eyes so hard. Do you want you want another Ewoks movie? Yes. Okay. James, oh, so bad. we go into every movie expecting it to be good. So you, for you to already have preconceived notions of why it'd be bad is bad for the show. <laughs> no, I'm, you asked me what I wanted. Um, you know, because here's the thing: I love I, calling games on his own bullshit. Oh come on, um, like. If if that is what this movie ends up being is like you know, kitty kitty skywalkers yeah. yeah. If, if it ends up being that, then the movie I'm gonna really look forward to is you know Zack Snyder's Boba Fett movie or whatever <laughs> whatever whatever the little spinoff movies are. Those will be the ones that I'll I'll look forward to the most because I just I love that universe more than I love those characters. It's so funny too. You see the difference between me and James. As Brad asked me, I'm like, I just want to see adventure and have fun. James is like, I don't want to see yeah, the Skywalker a- kids. I don't want this <laughs> in this such movie. A fucking non-answer. No, that is like, an answer. I want to see bright lights and I want to see space. Yeah, because uh, you know it's okay to have fun in movies and not be such that a is. cynical asshole. Oh about come it. on, <laughs> you dick. I don't want to see Skywalkers, and I swear to God, if Han Solo just doesn't walk around in the background, fuck that movie, fuck Harrison <laughs> Ford, and fuck J.J. Abrams. <laughs> oh no, no, no you know what? You know, no, you know my what? Answer I... is not generic because what's great about the Star Wars movies is there is a sense of adventure and there's a sense of exploration to them, and it's a yeah. it's a sense of wonder. That's all I want in them. They don't have to be, you know. I, I'm not going to get mad because Han Solo's, and I'm not going to get mad because. They're going to revisit Hoth or something. I think that's okay. Yeah, but there's just so much. Like, that universe is so rich. Yeah. And I want to see yeah, so see, much more of it than just. That, that, like, you know, though. I mean, yeah. you also have to make it so everybody else can enjoy right. the movie. Everybody loves Star Wars. Like, you don't do. you don't have to do that much to it. You know. Exactly. Just, just show us the You don't have to do that similar. much to it. So you bring back the Skywalkers so Ugh. everybody can relate to them. 
I don't even See, know why I'm listening to you. Because he, he's, he agrees. You like Attack of, or you you like uh, Revenge of the Sith. Sith. Yeah. I don't I don't even know what I'm talking. Uba. Uba. <laughs> want, want a whole Sand People movie? We could have a whole podcast. have a whole podcast about us debating Star Wars. Man, movies. just like one Jedi. He doesn't have a ship. He's just stuck on Tatooine. He's got to fight his way through fucking sand people. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shit like that. I want to see those movies. I want to see a Jedi use the Force to, like, raise a sand person up and then move his hands apart and split them in half. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> That'll never happen. A rated R Star Wars movie. No, you can do, yeah, though. you can do, like, just a rated be, R. And just call it Star Wars Episode Eight: Starkiller. Yeah. <laughs> it's just some badass Starkiller. Yeah. those people. Yeah. No, you, you you could do like a movie where Boba Fett is chasing down some like rogue Jedi who's running through Tatooine, ripping all the same people. <laughs> well, I think also also too another good movie would be you know how you know uh, that pig guy was all crying when the Rancor died. They should yeah. show, they should show the Rancor as a kid. Yes. It's a love story where the two he, that guy and a Rancor the get off a train in Paris. Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know. I do like uh, I the only Star Wars book i read was darth plagueis mm. and i really like that they exp- they they explained the sith in it yeah you know how the sith are just you know bastards and stuff i think that'd be kind of cool to explore too yeah absolutely so yeah. maybe from the different side of view point of view yeah not always the good guys cool so this week we didn't saw ender's game we did Bree, should people go see ender's game uh, well you know what i i didn't i didn't read the book so i went into this movie uh you know, fresh, not really knowing anything about, you know, the backstory or anything. Um, I say overall, I, I, I did like the cast and I, I did like the, the overall look of the movie, but I, I felt like the, the, it was, the story was kind of weak. And, um, with the, the main kid, you know, it was kind of, I didn't, I didn't really, you know, sometimes you, you just, you I just really couldn't, relate to that kid kind of you couldn't it was, it was just kind of weird how that kid was because sometimes you're you're like it was kind of like that with great responsibility comes you know whatever but he was you know sometimes you know he put other people in danger and then next thing he's this hero and you know it's kind of it was just the script was just kind of weak for me you know i'm not gonna get to james yet um brad your people go see ender's game uh, I don't know. Um, I haven't read the book, so I can't tell people who are fans of it that they'll like it or not. Um, the as gays a, aren't. <laughs> as an outsider, um, I wasn't into it. I kind of felt like I was watching um, some junior high authors' uh, uh, um, fan fiction. And, and, and like, one one thing though is the training portion of this movie with the, with these kids. Is I didn't realize I didn't really get how flying through space, playing laser tag, equates to piloting spaceships. In you know, there's a lot of flash. Yeah, like it, yeah, it, it's cool supposed stuff. to come off Enjoy as it. like, well, they're teaching them, they're they're figuring out which of them just naturally know about tactics and like, right, can, right, can, right, right. can can think of strategies in three dimensional space and things like that. Yeah, but. but it doesn't translate to the audience. You're just like. I don't see the actual tactical tactical relevance of this. Like, it just seems like a cool thing. It I don't know how it how I'm supposed to interpret it. Ryan, uh, 
I actually really enjoyed the movie, so uh, I thought I God thought it was fun. It. <laughs> um, it's Hunger Games again. <laughs> no, I thought it was fun. I think I thought the performances were really good. Um, I liked the score in it. I thought it looked great. Um, it was a cool story. Um, I, I've read the book. I don't remember. I read it in high school, mm-hmm. and I don't remember. I, I obviously I remember like the big reveals and things in the book, but I don't remember the the details. So I'll have to reread it. The score when they're. Um when he's doing his free training, mm-hmm. did it sound like the Saw theme to you at all? Because it did to me. Uh, I guess a little, yeah. yeah. Not, it's not so metal, though. Yeah, it's, but, it's, but, it's definitely more yeah. like John Williams epic. Yeah, but, um, but yeah you're right. Yeah, the same it had like the beat. same notes, yeah. yeah. James, as a big fan of the book, why don't you tell us for the next 20 minutes if people should go see this movie or not? If you're a fan of the book, then you've got to go see it. Um, if you're not a fan of the book... <sighs> I think yeah. I th- I think it's a I think it's a fun watch. Um, it's it falls apart in a couple of places. Um, I, I I I should say there are a few weak spots, but yeah, I'm with sort of you with you, Ryan. Like I I think it's fun. I, I think the performances are good. Um, I I I have read the book, so there's a bias here. But I really like Ender. I mean, I like older Ender in the books that come after this a whole lot better. But I I just sort of naturally sympathize with that character. Um, so I don't I I can't tell you whether or not the movie makes that work or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's sort of like in a lot of ways this is a Harry Potter film where it's a lot of fan service and the script is not always great uh and drops the ball here and there, but I um I still think it's fun uh, if if you want a fun sci-fi movie that's not necessarily going to be as heavy as Elysium or something like that. I think this is something to check out. Um and you know, certainly you take your tweens too you know i think it's a good story that's for sure uh, here's a trailer for ender's game when the aliens first invaded they nearly destroyed us they will be back there's greatness in you ender the world needs you you were bred for this You see things in a way we can't. You alone can understand the enemy. You will be the one to save mankind. Unless we act now, Earth will be annihilated. We're out of time. He's not ready. You're never ready. Go when you're ready enough. Track them from below the ice. Shoot straight. Stay calm. Here we go. Fire! I've never seen anyone do that. We should tell him the truth. Why? When it's over, what will be left of the board? What does it matter if there's nothing left at all? If you don't try, then we will all be lost. I'll do everything I can to win this war. If you succeed, you will be remembered as a hero. He's abandoning his entire fleet. He's in command. There's no stopping him now. In three, two, one, now! I think you're James. You're right. The one thing with anytime you make a a movie based on a novel is sometimes you have to simplify the themes in it. 
Yeah. Um, where you can't be as um, descriptive about them. Um, but where I think this movie actually succeeds, well, I should start by telling what the movie's about. The movie's about in the future, um, we're invaded by a race of alien bugs. You know, it's actually like a theme. Like most aliens are bugs in movies. Um, yeah. Anyways, so they because well, it's it's because it's, it's like the it's something that we can wrap our heads around yeah. that's also very not human. I know? guess so. Yeah. So yeah. like it's it's a way for aliens to not look like Star Trek characters. And then apparently they can build spaceships, but they really have no kind of like societal commerce or uh, you have you structure. have no fucking idea what they're like under the ground. I don't because the movie didn't show me. It doesn't need that to. Part. That's not the point of the movie. They have a aerial shot of like their whole city, and it's just like but their city's underground because they can never they can only spend like two hours on the surface yeah. because they heat. Like they tell you that. Why are you nitpicking that? They they did they did tell you that, but my my the thing about <laughs> the aliens though is that it initially I say that it didn't. I didn't really see why, like, in the end you found out, you know, they weren't really all that bad. And then initially you're just like, okay, where's, you know, you really didn't see all the devastation that they left behind in the first battle. You saw them flying around. But, you know, in the end you were kind of like, yeah, they were, it was messed up because they were, you know, were they really trying to invade Earth? What was their, their whole motive, motivation, you know? And yeah. It just showed some planes flying around. See, I think why the movie is successful in this yeah. way is it's playing it as propaganda, right? You know, you're use you're using a, a hero from a war, and they edit it for television. Yeah, or they edit it for a certain way to drive home a point. And uh, to your point, I think the that's why you'd never really understand the the aliens in it because mm-hmm. you don't know if they're hostile, you don't know what their purpose is. But to Harrison's Ford character, because that's all he knows is um you know building these character uh these kids up to fight these monsters and if you want to hear uh a great scene with him and viola davis uh, he, play, uh brad's going to play the scene for you where she confronts him about how he's treating these kids that's honestly where i think the 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 best meatiest parts of this movie are are in the this whole question of like whether or not what they're doing to these kids is right and and viola davis's character i think is the the saving grace of the plot of this movie, um, because I think the the plot with the kids falls short, right? Time and again, um, but it's still yeah, she's she's good. She's great. You know, all the performances in this movie are really good. I I I really like when Harrison Ford um, he he plays this uh, general really well, where he has a job to do. He has a job to protect Earth, and he's so blinded by this job that he stops seeing these kids as kids and he sees them as tools of war. And, um, you know, and, and in the movie, he, they, they keep on upgrading Ender because Harrison Ford sees in this kid, what he sees and who can be a great leader. And they, they're using video games against them. And it's kind of an interesting, I mean, it's been played before in movies, but I think this is, is smarter than a lot of those movies. Well, yeah. And this was written in 1985. So a lot of those movies were taken from this book. Um, yeah, I, I think the hard parts are like, I, you know, I, I think visually Gavin Hood does a good job. I don't know what else he's written. I, I should look it up really uh, quick. He but did X-Men Origins Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah, great. So uh, he needs to have somebody else rewrite his scripts after he's done with them. Because, like, my problem is that there are things that happen, like things that are, are narrated in this movie that mm-hmm. could have, that needed to not be. Like, there's there's one line where he uh, he, he, like, writes a letter to Valentine and... 
we could have just seen that scene between like it would have been more powerful it, it's something where he says that Harrison Ford's character tells him this thing and he thinks something else and I'm like why didn't you just have that scene why didn't Harrison Ford just tell ha, tell Ender you know you need to oh it was about him being a balance between mm-hmm. his sister being too compassionate and his mm-hmm. brother being too like th- there should have just been a scene where Harrison Ford said that but instead it was this narration that it just saps it of any real impact in the story um, or there's the 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 first time that he and Haley Steinfeld Steinfeld go out and uh, train. and train or no the worst one the worst one is when he and Bean are out there and they're like let's shoot each other and you're like fuck why didn't you just write this as you know the the trainer guy says like hey if you shoot each yeah. other it freezes your limbs like why is there this horrible scene where two children are floating in space see, shooting each other see, to me I actually disagree I think it's the for the discovery of the kids. Like, they're discovering what they can do, what their limits are um, within yeah. the realm uh, of this game that they know they're not going to get hurt in. But it doesn't come off as a little bit, like, odd or corny to you that, like, these they give these kids guns and then, like, the first thing well, the kids do with it is, like, why don't we just shoot each other at the same time? Let's see like, what happens. It's, just, it's almost like a bad allegory for, like, real-life gunplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but the thing that, that Harrison Ford mentioned in that movie is that, you know... Um, they were trying to give all these kids a, this experience because these kids had fresh minds. So, mm. you know, they didn't, they didn't, even in that, when they're shooting each other, they didn't make all those situations life or death. So I think life or death situations. So it gave these kids the imagination to, to think of stuff and not be mm. scared to fail. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. you know, that's why there's that discovery. And, yeah. and um, I, I, I think the, the, like uh, Asa Butterfield, is that how you say his name? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that is it one. Asa, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the uh, the Indian kid. No, no, that's, that's the main character. That's Ender. Oh, Ender. Oh, 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 Andrew Wigan. No, I'm talking about his actor's name. Oh, the actor's name. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, name. he's Sorry. in Hugo. Um, yeah, but he's he's really good, and to be that character in that movie, you're asking a lot for you know an actor. Yeah, because he has to carry the movie. People have to believe in him. And you have to you have to believe in him too that he's going to be the savior for the race and right. it's and the scene uh, spoilers if you've never read the book and or haven't seen the movie yet big spoilers in the end when you find out the last exercise is in the actual war well the invasion which uh, Brad pointed out I mean you knew it was because why they make such yeah. a big deal out of it yeah they um, do they do a poor job of hiding that yeah you're in a hour, an hour and a half into the movie it, you know. Timing wise, just like this has to be the end. It's got to be the yeah. trick. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> um, but the the scene that's immediate afterwards between him and Harrison Ford is amazing mm-hmm. because he he hits I think all the right beats both characters because Harrison Ford is saying if I told you that this was a uh, training exercise maybe you wouldn't have sacrificed thousands of people and yeah. maybe you wouldn't have gone so gung ho into getting rid of this. Uh, threat in quotes and um ender's response is really you know poetic he said well no i'm gonna remember it as a killer yeah you know i i wiped the existence of something away and, and to me that's a really powerful even, moment e- even if not by history by himself yeah um yeah no i think that whole part is great i think that yeah that that whole third act i think they do really well with the exception of the fact that you know that it's not a simulation um and that's but just how how visually cool yeah, I think that that's kind the time of stuff too, where is. The visual and, effects are really amazing. Yeah, 
Um, and it, and like it's the first time that I really feel the stakes the way that I wanted to feel them mm-hmm. earlier. Like one of the one of the things I love the most in the book, and one of the things I I held on to was like the the first time his sort of tactic about like, well, well, what I'll do is I'll shoot my own legs and then jump and, and then treat the the game like it's like it's vertical instead and fall downward, you know, through this thing. And like his whole strategy of how to play in the battle room. I remember that being really cool. And then in the in the movie, it was like they brushed over it so fast that I just wasn't impressed as much by, you know, like I, I got a better sense about how smart Ender was by the little scene where Harrison Ford is floating and he straight up says like, well, yeah, I mean, you're it's just funny to me because like, in, you know, space is is different and we can think different ways. And that's when you go like, oh, that's why this kid is smart, because he can think about how space works. Right. And- um, but yeah, um, I don't know. There's just. I, it's a movie that like but still there's two, a little bit more polish I could have there's still like, like oh. the badass moment though when he jumps in to the you know the fight and there's those guns holding you by and he's picking them up and spinning around and popping those cool. kids and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty cool Brad shaking his head well <laughs> so cliche well when he <laughs> what, but, what 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 other movie has there been a like kid flying around in space shooting guns not a kid but like most action movies where they like slow-mo like he's shooting like from both sides like spinning around uh yeah. what's her name in red two like that's in the trailer she's in the car uh, helen mirren Oh. Doing the same thing. I didn't see Red Two. Yeah. Well, I think when he when he did that whole spinning around thing, he I don't think he pulled it off flawlessly like other movies. I think he yeah. actually did bump into something and oh, then he yeah. grabbed his gun, so it made it look more you know different than other movies. But I think um, you know when I think you know overall there's there stuff I didn't like and there's stuff I did like. But the the message in the movie even too was that like um, I just think that you know. They were the last hope. So, you know, regardless of what this kid did, you know, each each of his mistakes or or challenges, he they just treated it as a learning experience. So, you know, it's not like, you know, when he hurt that one kid, it's not like, hey, you know, you're going you're, you're out of the program now. It's like you're still our only hope. So you have to recover from this and, and move on. Yeah. But, but I don't know how great their health care is in the future. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> got his neck fixed. Well, but. well you know, and it, it's it's what's interesting about that, too, is Harrison Ford wanted him to do that. You know, Harrison yeah. Ford wanted him uh, to hurt that kid. He wanted him to do that. And that's too. It tells a lot about the difference between his character and Viola Davis's character, where she's there just to help the kids, you know, mentally. And Harrison Ford's whole goal is just to prepare him um militarily and it's really fascinating to me and even in the training i think it trained him ender to be the leader or commander or whatever is is you know um it made it where you know each time when they did that train though he was aware of hey i'm actually gonna have to lose some people in order to succeed you know when they did the whole thing when they're all bundled around one person and the outer shell is getting shot and then the guy is still in the middle you know, each each time in their training, they kind of showed that you know we're going to take some losses in order to, you yeah, know, in order to win. Yeah, which is part of what I. That's part of it that I really like. Yeah. But I, I I do um you know as a fan of the book I appreciate this, but I also know that it it kills the pacing. That there are things that they do in this movie they didn't have to like they they actually went and used the the whole thing with him having this game that he plays that gives him like these weird psychedelic visions. And right. that that's how the alien yeah. is, is like, he could have just, 
he could have just ran out into space at the end and like stumbled upon a egg and been like ah here we go um but they they introduced that thing and it's it's trippy and weird in the book and it's trippy and weird in the movie but it kills the pacing right uh and i think for people who probably haven't read the book i i would have to assume that it, when it first happens you're just like what the fuck is happening like why yeah. why is this here what are we doing um yeah and i really didn't get the whole relationship between him and uh valentine I, yeah. I kept thinking, what is okay? Is that his sister? Is that his girlfriend? Is you know, <laughs> you know. it's it's his sister, but yeah. Um, yeah, they they there's not a lot of her in there, mm-hmm. um, which is another reason why I think they should have not had those. I I, I I think they added all of that voiceover to try and fake that relationship, mm-hmm. but I think it just muddied it more. Where yeah. they could have just had his sister be in two scenes, and you'd be like, oh yeah, he really likes his sister, and then have him write a letter to her at the end. Um, and that would have worked, like, all the all the voiceover stuff just... It's interesting. It kind of seems like maybe there is a really longer cut of this movie, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that would be great. I would love a three-hour version of this movie. But I'm... I mean, they've been talking about making this movie for 15 years. I never believe we would even see something as good as this. Like, mm-hmm. the, the that book and what that book asks of a lot of kid character or child actors and things like that... I never believed it would be able to somebody be able to pull it off. I always thought like Robert Zemeckis would do it, and it would all just be CG. Right. Um, so I'm I'm happy that it's as good as it is, um, even, even though it still kind of feels like Hunger Games. Um, but I, I like and I you know I like generally liked most of the kids that played in it. But you know, one thing though is with Ender, you know, this the short guy was always trying to intimidate him. I'm like. <laughs> You know, it's just like, no, you know, we would fight, you know, that's all, <laughs> you know, it's the first, first time in boot camp where me and you were going to fight because oh, <laughs> fucking Biagio from Biagio. Kings of Summer. Yeah, yeah. As soon as he showed Bond up, I, I almost jumped out of my seat. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, he's fine. I don't know why they cast him in that as that character because it was weird. I think yeah. I think that character is supposed to be like smaller than Ender. Yeah. Um, because Ender's not supposed to be tiny. Like Bean is tiny, but Ender's supposed to be like a normal kid size. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's why. Maybe they thought like, okay, we want this guy to be a little bit smaller than Ender. Yeah, but um, he was like, and that actor's good. So, but when he initially, when he came out, I was just like, you know, I, I, I just, I just had that whole feeling when he came out. I was like, that kid would. I, I just punched that kid. I mean, it would be like, he's not bullying me. We're just going to, you know, you'd have to show me something before. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he did he just came, you know, he didn't really, uh, they didn't show any scenes with him being a real badass before Ender came there. Yeah. And just with him, come, just the way he came out, I was just like, no, it, it would be over real quick with me and that dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else, Brad? Are you falling asleep over there? Uh, I thought it was really weird that all the gay kids were like the first ones to die in all the action scenes. Oh, I fucking hated it. I was so I was so happy when all the gay kids would die. That was really weird. I hated the gay kids. And you know, I didn't hate the gays before I saw this movie, but this movie taught me to hate the gays. Yep. And the end scene where they shoot that cannon through the little hole isn't. <laughs> you're, you're the worst. <laughs> it symbolizes a penis the, going in a butthole. Remember the scene when Biagio and came death in and destruction only <laughs> comes with it. Remember the scene where Biagio came in and tried to have sex with him while he was in the shower, so Ender killed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember I can't that believe scene? that was still in that movie. <laughs> Seems like they had something to cut out. Oh, anyway, we're just, we're just kidding. Yeah, well, we're just, just jokes. Yeah, One that, thing that in yeah. that shower scene, though, you noticed that 
like uh, what I like. I liked Ender's tactic in that in that shower scene because he instantly started lathering up, so he'd be slippery. Yeah, you know, that guy grabbed onto <laughs> yeah. him. So. Yeah, that was good. So uh, you yeah. might have to try that if you ever get thrown to prison. You know, they try to. Yeah, rape you, if you ever try to get raped, just lather up <laughs> so they slip and slide, <laughs> and then or it lubes up your butthole. So Ender dropped the soap and like turned around and it's like. You know, can you help me find it? Yeah. That's really I, weird. I do genuinely like all of Ender's like tactic stuff. Like, yeah. all, and every time he gets in a fight with somebody, I was like, "Oh, cool, he's gonna but, fight this." But kid. you know, they probably got a porn movie, porn version of this movie, Ender's Game. No, yeah, you know, within the shower scene, Bend Over's Game. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you were quick with that one. That was good. So next week we're seeing Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. How cool is it that there's a superhero movie in November? I know, right? I'm excited. <sighs> what date is that? November 8th? No, yeah. I'm like, I'll still be here. So I'll cool. Try to, I'll try yeah, to you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to see it at the Alamo. Okay. Join us. All right. And remember, go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for all your comic needs. Go to tweakedaudio.com for your earbuds needs. Type in Real Nerds, 30% off your order. Until next week, I'm Ryan Haybree. Thanks for stopping by again. Thank, thanks for having me again. Way to add some class to our uh, <laughs> podcast. And some diversity. We appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5 and download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover and also Spark Mandrill for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.